Hello there and we are rolling on the Love Focus Challenge. Today is day four. This is one of the most beautiful parts I enjoy talking about. It's non-verbal communication. Yesterday, we talked about love languages. And out of the five love languages that we covered, there's only one that is verbal. The vocalization of love, talking about it, affirmation, using words. And the other four are actually non-vocalized. These involve action, giving, touching, doing, sensing, reading the actions of your spouse without having to say a word. So if we know that only one form is vocalized, that means in relationships, there are more times that we are communicating without saying a word than we would think it is. Growing up, we learned to decipher non-verbal language from a very, very early age. If you were on the wrong or you did something silly, your mother only needed to give you the look, if you know what I mean by the look, and you would recoil into your room, stop, freeze, and run away very fast. She hadn't said a word, she didn't tell you anything, but just the look that your eyes lock and you know that you're going to have a very bad day and you just took off. If your parents could talk to you at that early age, give you the look, give you the smile that makes you know that you have done the right thing or not, we have become experts since when we were young. How to decipher, translate, interpret, or let's say the way we say it, read other people's non-verbal communication. And this one comes right into our relationship. The challenge comes when you turn a blind eye to many of the nonverbal cues that your spouse is sending you, yet you're able to decipher a stranger's action. I find that quite weird, that you are able to decipher a stranger's behavior, nonverbal, but you are unable to decipher your spouse's. I don't know whether it is getting too used to it that you become insensitive or is it about just you not wanting to interact with your spouse's non-verbal. Now, the objective of this podcast, non-verbal communication, is to help you reawaken and make maximum use of this beautiful communication channel, the non-verbal. According to Jeff Olson, in his book, the slight edge, you can apply slight edge in your relationship by doing the small things that matter. The small actions that seem inconsequential or mundane slowly add up. They are the ingredients to a more mutually beneficial and loving company, which is what all of us married for mostly, companionship. How do you know if the little things that you do count? Well, here's a clue. If your spouse keeps thanking you or thanks you for your help, appreciates you either by saying it or in reciprocation by doing the things you'd like them to do, or if they're not the type that appreciates verbally, how about the ones not complaining for one? If they don't complain that they are being left to do everything alone, then you are on track. How about this? If you receive compliments from your spouse's friends, that means he or she has been talking about you positively outside there. Or if your children come and thank you and appreciate you for things that you have done. Or better still, compliments from your father-in-law or your mother-in-law. 
that is a good source of learning that you are on track. Those are cues to know that you are doing the right thing. There are times when words cannot express your feelings or your ideas, and that is when nonverbal expression comes in. This can be done by a touch, a hug, a cuddle, a kiss, a smile, a wink, a tap on the bottom, a squeeze in the hand, or just a glance like our mothers did. A glance that says a million words, or even the twirling of your hair around the finger. It is through the nonverbal communication that we perceive what our spouses are not articulating. He listened to this, not articulating the displeasures, the pains, the emotional overload that's usually symbolized by a sigh <sighs> without a word. That's a sign of emotional overload or fatigue. A cry for help when someone is not saying a word but you can see in their face that they are totally helpless, overloaded or panic. The deep desire for you. I don't need to explain how that looks. I'm sure by now you know by looking at your spouse. You can also see when they are having too, so much love in their eyes, the affirmation of your spouse's support by a nod or a smile or even a wink. In some cases, nonverbal can also be in that sneer that you see in the mouth indicating displeasure or that far away look that sometimes your spouse can be having when you're talking that shows your spouse left the building. You may want to bring them back by saying, honey, a penny for your thoughts? Or, as my spouse does quite often, honey, I love you. And that brings me back immediately. They say that eyes are the windows to the heart. Have you ever taken the time to see what's in your spouse's heart? What do you see in your spouse's eyes? Can you decipher what you see in those eyes? What does your spouse see when he or she looks at you in your eyes? Please take a moment and look into each other's eyes intently, while at the same time, I would also like you to do one more thing. Communicate with your spouse your feelings using just the eyes. Do not touch, just the eyes. And see if you can interpret what your spouse is saying by just looking. I bet you're finding it interesting to search your spouse's soul using just the eyes without a touch. You used to do that when you were dating. What stopped you from continuing to do that and why? This is the time to revisit those beautiful moments that made you say, I do, to each other. Another form of communication that transcends verbal affirmation is the unspoken action or acts. There are hundreds of books written on types of nonverbal communication, such as sitting position, crossing of legs and hands, Direction of your spouse's legs and hands when talking to each other. The tilting of the head up or down. The shrugging of shoulders. Slouching or sluggish walk when you're communicating. And lips positioning when you are communicating to each other. Or when they are perceiving whatever you're saying. Nodding or shaking of the head, etc. If you have time, please take time to study those nonverbal communications. They are so interesting. I bet you will enjoy them with your spouse. Most of these nonverbal communications occur naturally between 
spouses and even among people. Some people who do interviews study the nonverbal communication to pick on the best candidate. It's also the same in your relationship. The same nonverbal acts that we have unknowingly or subconsciously learned from other people, learned from our culture, our formal and informal societal bonding they come to the house and you can learn them because they help a lot in love building for instance this one time we were trying to troubleshoot with my husband about challenges we were facing in our business and as he was defending a point i unconsciously crossed my legs and my hands he stopped for a moment and told me please stop crossing your hands and your legs that means you're not receptive to what I'm telling you. You've already blocked it. I knew about that, but guess what? When I was crossing my, my, my hands and legs, in my head, I was already disqualifying what he's saying. But you see, he noticed that. And when he told me about it, I uncrossed my hands and legs and apologized. Because we do these things unconsciously and we do them every single day here is another one and this one took me way too long to learn it took me seven years of our marriage to understand one non-verbal communication from my husband we could be talking for an hour or so maybe watching tv or just sitting across each other around the dining table and after talking my husband would stretch out slowly as if he's standing up to stretch and then stand up and then walk quietly to the bedroom or to another room where he stays for the rest of the afternoon or the rest of the time, maybe two to three hours. I often wondered what wrong did I say or do to make him stand up and walk away? As I had mentioned, some of these things we do without knowing. So as I noticed him doing it very often, I got angry and I decided, okay, so this is how it's going to be. I talk to you and you decide you've had enough of my chit chat and you walk away. So I decided to get back at him. When he comes back, as always used to do, I don't talk back. I do the same. I stand up and go to the bedroom or to the other room. And he used to wonder, what, what just made me angry? Why am I going away when he is coming in? What did I do? Why is she behaving this way? Why is she so angry at me? We didn't know what was wrong. I blamed him because when I was talking, he walked away. So it made sense to me to get back at him in quotes by doing the same act he was doing. Until seven years later, when we were learning about nonverbal communication, I brought it up and I said, when we talk for an hour or so, you walk away and go to the bedroom or to the next room or just to the living room away from where we were for hours. You don't excuse yourself. You just walk away. And then he looked at me and he said, no, I wasn't walking away. I always notice when you zone out when we are talking. We will talk actively for a few minutes and then you will zone out. You will not be hearing what I said. You will not be listening to me. So I decide maybe you've had enough of me. And so I stand up and walk. There it was. My getting back at him has always been wrong because he was not the problem. I was the problem. I was giving him a nonverbal communication which he interpreted as zoning out. And he gave me an unverbal communication, which I interpreted as rejection. Now look at that. Both of us having the wrong interpretation 
of very simple acts and sometimes they ended up being a bad thing. So after talking back and forth, I explained why I do what I do and he explained to me why he does what he does. And now when it's time for him to go, I actually know, yes, I zoned out. Or sometimes he even talks to me when I'm doing something else. So I end up not listening to him. So I have learned to tell him, give me a moment. Let me finish what I'm doing. I'm coming there. We will be talking. We will sit down and talk. And so that erased the continuity of negative nonverbal communication. Through conversations like I did with my spouse, you get clarity about your spouse's nonverbal communication. And these conversations help you glue together your soul's communication channel. How well do you know and understand your spouse's nonverbal communication? According to Gary Chapman in the book Five Languages of Love, acts of service, receiving and giving of gifts, quality time, and physical touch play a big role in romance and marriage. And let me insist this, even to children, children adore from the time they're born, they adore and they crave these kinds of communication. The words of affirmation, the cuddling, the holding of hands, the actions. So, but we have made it very easy for us to just be communicating, although I shouldn't be talking about children now. We shall be communicating only through gifting. No. We should use all these five languages of love to our children to make them wholesome products of our marriage. Clearly, spouses need to enhance their nonverbal communication for there to be effective communication and love as well. For love to grow, there has to be effective communication. This means those touches unexpected kisses, that unexpected bouquet of flowers, the surprise holiday gift or trip, the lovely lazy eye glance, the flirtatious walk across the room, the cuddle, the, pa the gentle squeeze of the palm, the kissing in the forehead, the massage in the head, all these ones add up. They are minute. They are non-consequential. We don't feel them. We feel like it's nothing, but they add up to making that relationship blossom, full color blossom. That way we can all grow to have better relationships. Again, we are not angels. Sometimes you cannot even interpret or understand what your spouse is saying. Just as it happened between me and my husband, I was interpreting his acts negatively and he was interpreting mine negatively. Let me use the correct word. I was interpreting my spouse's acts wrongly and he was interpreting mine wrongly. If I was smarter, I could have done the questioning right at the beginning of that act, but I did not. I interpreted it according to my limited knowledge and experience then. If you cannot decipher your spouse's nonverbal communication, you will need to retrain yourself so that you can minimize the cases of misinterpretation and sending the wrong feedback. While I would love to give you a guideline on how to learn the nonverbal communication, I find it very wide. So it is wise that you too sit down and talk to each other every time an unverbal communication comes in and you do not understand. So take the time, ask your spouse, explain what you see and how you see it. Sometimes and oftentimes actually, you will be pleasantly surprised at how misguided you may be 
or how wrong you may be by what you do. There are statements like, so what I get is, in quotes, do you mean to say that when you walk out of the room in a hurry, you're not walking away from what I'm saying? Or do you mean to say when you keep quiet for long, when I ask you a question, you're not avoiding to answer me a question? But instead, you are weighing your options or thinking of the options before you give me an answer? Does it mean to say when I'm angry and dialing at you and you decide you're not talking to me again, you are avoiding giving me back negative feedback and you're giving yourself time to positively build up a good response? See, when you talk like that, your spouse will be encouraged to say what he or she is thinking or to explain himself or herself to you in a more sober way. So my assignment to you today is sit down with your spouse. I am sure there are quite a few nonverbal communications that make you jump out of your skin. Why don't you explain yourself to your spouse and be pleasantly surprised as I was that this what you see is not exactly what it is. And if it is what it is, you need to sit down and improve your communication channel or remedy the source of the problem. So go ahead, join the classroom today and study your subject, your spouse. Feel free to ask your spouse to clarify any gesture you seem not to understand. It is perfectly all right and I'm sure he will happily or she will happily explain what is meant by those nonverbal actions. And until tomorrow, day five of Love Focus Challenge, when we shall be looking at the romantic and lovemaking adventures. So we shall look at the differences between sex and making love. And we'll also answer a few questions that people ask about sexuality or romance and lovemaking. So until tomorrow, when I hope to see you brighter, better, more focused, more challenged, and more energetic to go to the next level of your relationship. This is Helen signing out. Peace and love to y'all.